Okay, dog fans, it is the Dogcast, episode 132. Dogs win, dogs win big. The blackout is on. Old dog, I don't even want to get... Old dog, come on. 45 to 20. The blackout is on, baby. Man, and not just and not just that, but I think probably the greatest part of the whole thing was after Auburn took the lead, we gave up 17 unanswered points. Stafford hit Sean Bailey on a 45-yarder, and we put up 28 unanswered points. Oh, I mean... It just wow! You're just you just jumping right to the show, baby. You're jumping. That's like the midpoint of the show, right there, man. I tell you. But you're right, old dog. That one of the great things about this team that we're seeing right off that we're seeing that we haven't seen the thing that was sorely missing last year, and what we were talking about without really even knowing it was the fact that our team last year and the Kentucky loss, the Vanderbilt loss, it just didn't seem like we were tough. You know, we didn't want it. We've said that a million times. But more importantly, we couldn't take a punch, you know? Yeah. But when the dogs went down in the third quarter to Auburn this past week, when we were in the middle of amassing 98 ridiculous penalty yards, the second big game in a row, we had Florida and now Auburn, where the refs just have it in for us, we still rose to the occasion. We did not phone it in. We did not pack the wagon. We took the punch. We took their best effort and came back and crushed them in the fourth quarter. Right. And, you know, talking about the refs, and I have not had a chance to check this out, and we will and uh, get back, but we've had a couple callers that thought that the crew chief was the same crew chief that uh, we had down at the Florida game. I, I believe, which, I believe you know, that's we, correct. Which we called for their fire. I mean, how that guy is ever doing another game is beyond me. And how they let him do another Georgia game is unbelievable. I agree. Because, I mean, he, without a doubt, has it in, or somebody's got it in for the dogs. We're gonna, I'll tell you what, I'm going to do a little homework. I'm going to find out who that guy is. We're going to do something about that. I don't, I'm going to try to do something about that. But anyway, okay, great win, dog fans. Welcome to the Dogcast. It's your Bulldog World Service, bringing you all the Bulldog news you need to know all around the world. We are coming off of a huge victory, 45-20, to 20, a shutdown, a blackout. Old dog, we are ruining Brandon Cox's life. You know that? Brandon Cox is a senior, and yeah. uh, we are pretty much sending him to the woodshed. You know, as, as uh, Tommy Tuberville said, we have taken Brandon Cox and the entire Auburn team to the woodshed two years in a row. I mean, we have absolutely embarrassed these guys two years in a row. They don't even know what happened in Sanford Stadium. They they couldn't understand that loss last year, and they certainly cannot understand this loss this year either. No, Tell me, man, what do you think about it? One thing, too, just just kind of their cockiness and arrogance. I know, uh, you know, being in the stadium, we didn't see it, but when we got back to the bunker, we had, we had the game on DVR, and I, I don't know how many of the folks – that have actually watched, you know, watched the game. But there at halftime, you know, Tuberville, <laughs> hang on a minute, let me grab this. <laughs> Back with you. Okay, you were saying Tuberville at the half? Yeah, Tuberville at the half. They do that halftime interview. 
and he's talking about how he's really not worried they have taken control of the line of scrimmage and he's got you know, a good team and they and don't need no to make Sean, any adjustments. No Sean's a small back and you know, this and that and uh I mean just you know, made him you know, I I well, you know the players didn't hear any of that. Right. But just, you know, made him look like an idiot. You know, he was confident they had that his front seven had taken control of the line of scrimmage and this and that. So And you know, frankly though, after we came out at the beginning of the second half, you know, we took the opening kickoff in the second half, we get intercepted there and uh lose the lead in the third quarter. You know, he had reason to believe he was right midway through yeah. the third quarter. We I mean, that's what we're talking about with this dog team that can take a punch, man. It would have been so easy to pack it in against Auburn in Sanford Stadium, and it's the kind of thing that we have done in the past. But uh, like you said, oh, we we took Tuberville's best shot. And, you know, I don't hate Auburn. I mean, you know, it's real easy for me to hate the Gators and the Gamecocks stuff. I kind of like Auburn. You know I mean? I, I don't have anything yeah. against the Auburn program, but, man, I tell you what, smacking them down – is uh oh, is, is really fun. And this blackout thing, dude, the dog walk in red, the warm-ups in red, I got to give it to my boy Parks McLeod up in Greenville. I really did not think that we would come out in the black jerseys. I knew that Coach Rick was throwing a red herring with the fact that Nike couldn't get the jerseys ready in time, but uh, I really didn't think we were coming out in the black. I mean, I really didn't. And well, they, and I mean, from you know, from everything you read now, you know, he's had them since the summer. I know, I know. Yeah, I love when he said right there. You know, uh, he said they've been asking for him for five years. I thought I would finally give in. This yeah. coach Rick, man, this new coach Rick. I said, you know, I think the blackout was is in mourning. We're wearing black because the funeral. Because what we witnessed is the funeral of the old Mark Rick. You know, Mister Conservative, Mister. Uh, this guy is waving on the sidelines to the fans. I'm telling you. For better or for worse, I think, old dog, giving up the play calling to Mike Bobo has has enabled Mark Rick to focus on the big picture and focus on the whole team and things for the whole team. And I'm telling you, with this Florida game and this Auburn game, he has shown us a side of his personality that we've never seen before. And, no, and a, i got to tell you, I like it. <laughs> and apparently, it, to me, it's like some kind of metamorphosis he has had since really we came out so lackluster against the Tennessee game. Uh, you know, I guess at that point in time, you know, he thought, man, I need to do something and get the thing going here. Uh, what I'm doing is you know, not working. Get, right, and get these boys fired up because we're just not coming out ready to play with the fire and intensity we need. And, boy, has he changed that uh, with this, you know, at Florida and with uh, – with this Auburn game. I tell you, you know, Sports Illustrated reported just yesterday, and by the way, we're ranked number eighth in the AP right now, dog fans, if you didn't know it. Sports Illustrated said yesterday that Georgia is now the X factor in the national championship picture, old dog. They said, look, Georgia still needs Tennessee to lose. But if Tennessee were to lose a game and Georgia, being the hottest team in the SEC right now, goes to the SEC championship game, they could beat LSU, make it to a BCS game, and be in the national championship picture, old dog. Now, I know you think that that's that's kind of that's really premature. That's something like I would say. I know. But 
Just the fact, old dog, that we're talking about this Georgia team, the team that was so excited to pull out a three-point victory against Vanderbilt, you know, what, 30, 40 days ago, we're now talking about this team that is stacked with freshmen and sophomores being the X factor in the national championship. The fact that that could even cross somebody's mind after the South Carolina and the Tennessee loss is just a testament to how far this team come and how much different this team is now than it was six weeks ago. It's oh, amazing. Well, there's, you know, there is no doubt about it. I mean, the fire that we came out with with Florida and with Auburn, if we can maintain that against Kentucky and Tech, uh, no doubt in my mind we're going to win both of those games. I don't think there's anybody around right now that can beat us. Yeah. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll uh, hopefully Tennessee will take a loss, and uh, that'll put us in uh, the championship game against LSU. I mean, just having this conversation about us being in the championship game against LSU and us being confident and hopeful that we could beat LSU, this is just not a conversation I expected to have after no. that South Carolina and Tennessee games, you know? Uh, and, you know, and even some others. But Hell, the Western we, Carolina game. I can't yeah. believe we're having this conversation. Right. But but we have got to play, you know, and as we have seen time and time again, we have got to play and come out with the kind of intensity we have with those two. We can't just mail it in. Well, as I said last week, I don't want to I don't want to start telegraphing the pregame show, but I told you guys last week, A, you got to give me some props here, old dog. I told you the Auburn-Georgia game would be a high-scoring game. Man, you did, and I had it a low score. And you, I you called that, that out, one. and I'm telling you this, and I told you this last week, I am more afraid of Kentucky than I was of Auburn, and I'm still more afraid of Kentucky than I was of Auburn because of the way Kentucky plays and the kind of things Kentucky does with the ball on offense and how they, like you said, old dog, we don't match up with Kentucky very well. So – no, you know, but the one the one thing in in Kentucky's losses, uh, when you put pressure on the quarterback, he tends to make mistakes. That's and true. And that is, you know, again, we'll talk a lot more about this on Thursday. That's what we're going to need to do. We can't just sit back and let them throw. We're going to have to bring it, just like we did against Auburn. I'm here, old dog. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Um, we've got twelve takeaways. From in the last four games, we got eight picks on Brandon Cox in the past two games that we played against him. And as you said, it's uh, the thing is pressure on the quarterback. I mean, an opportunistic backfield. I mean, our defensive backs, they're not the best cover guys, definitely, but they are very opportunistic and they can make the pick, you know? So, um,. We've got to continue well, and, to do that. And, again, a lot of that, too, is having the front seven, uh, you know, put some pressure. Not really the front seven, you know, because we were blitzing some DBs and everything else, too. But, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback, making him throw off the, on the run, off his back foot, you know, hit him when he's throwing. You know, a lot of those, a lot of the picks that we have had have, have pressure has aided in the ability for those guys to pick it off because they have not been good throws. Right. Well, I tell you what, let's get I want to get back to this I want to get back to this Auburn game. You know, I mean, the high score, Coach Rick coming out with his genius motivational stuff. Let's talk about this offensive line to of Noshawn Moreno for a second. Because I'm telling you, Darren McFadden and Felix Jones, like we said, had 67 yards combined against these guys. And our boy, Noshawn Moreno, puts up 101. 
I mean, how gratifying is that to that offensive line to know they can get it done against the number one scoring defense in the SEC? We put 45 points on the number five scoring defense in the entire country, or formerly the number five scoring defense in the entire country. Oh, I know. I mean, it's fantastic. It was really just a offense was was clicking. Uh, you know, it's wonderful to see the receivers catching the ball, and I mean, good, good catches. I tell you what, that's another thing I've got right here on my list. Offensive line, no Sean Moreno, and that's one thing I really want to spend a minute on. Let's talk about these receivers. Because really, when I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. And I don't know why I was wrong, and I don't know what was what's different now. But, but these receivers, we these receivers we got now aren't even the same guys. They're making catches, taking balls off guys. I don't understand really how they could have been so bad and now be so good. I I don't even understand that, but I'm telling you, they are a whole different crew of kids right now than we had earlier this year and all of last year. Sean Bailey, Momass, hell, even Trip Chandler, those guys are making the catches right now. They we are. Brandon Gattu had a touchback, old dog, a touchback. First, first touchback of the season. First, first kick of the game, too. Oh. Intercept. We intercept Brandon Cox on the first play. I tell you one thing, similar between the Florida game and the Auburn game. Don't you love how we get right in the quarterback's head on the first play? We yeah. sack Tebow on the first play. We pick Brandon Cox on the first play. I tell you what. I just, oh, man, the blackout is on, baby. It I tell was. you, what. <laughs> it, I am was, so fired up, man. Oh, you and me both. I mean, it was just, just walking into the stadium. Seeing everybody there in black, I mean, it was what a great response, really, from the from the Bulldog Nation. Too. I, know. I mean, when when something was asked of it, they they came out. You know, I mean, I knew I was going to wear black. I knew you were too, and I figured maybe it'd be fifty fifty in the stands, but it was a whole lot more than that. I know, and I want to say hats off to our boys at Coca-Cola because, really, Coca-Cola really helped make the blackout work because if you had a red shirt on and you wanted a black shirt, Coca-Cola made it happen. They're giving out these Coke Zeros, and there were a lot of people, a lot of people that pulled the black shirt on over the top of their red shirt, you know, and that was thanks to the guys at Coke. Um, I mean, the bookstore was selling these blackout shirts for 18 bucks, but Coke's just giving them away, and that really helped the blackout work in the stands at least. Oh, it did. And I mean the whole thing just uh you know, just caught fire. It really did. And I mean it's not something I don't think that we need to do every game. No, I it, I would say not even every season. I mean really sure, we can't do that even every season like it that. Sure it sure is neat. That's kinda like the atomic bomb, man. You it know is. when you and that that's a the, the blackout and the black jerseys. That's a threat we can hang over anybody right now. <laughs> exactly. Because the team is telling Coach Rick Man, we're 1-0 and in the black jersey. We're bringing the nuke, man. And I tell you what, that's one thing. Let's, let's talk about that for a second, too, because you and I have talked about this earlier in the season, and it just continues to be true about these young Bulldogs on this team and how they don't know that they're supposed to be afraid of Auburn at Sanford Stadium. They don't know that they're supposed to lose to Florida in Jacksonville. All they know is that they're 2-0 and against Auburn and that they're 1-1 and against Florida, you know? All right. they know is they lost to the national championship team by a touchdown and then smacked them down the next year, you know? Oh, exactly. And, you know, we, as you said, we talked about a little bit, you know, everyone pulls out, 
you know, all this history stuff, and, you know, I love to do that, too. You know, but, like, it's this is the first time in 25 years that we've beat Florida and Auburn in the same year, and, you know, Florida's record over the last 17. Now, you know, why they picked 17, I don't know. You know, they could have picked 20, 25. But the thing is, these kids don't care. I mean, the vast majority of our team, just like you said, is either 1-1 one one against Florida or 1-0 against Florida, 1-0 against Auburn, or 2-0 against Auburn. Exactly. You know, they don't, they don't care about history. They know what they've done, and that's beat them. That's right. That's right. And I tell you, I mean, there's just so many things. I mean, 65 years old, dog, since 1942, the national championship season with Frankie Sikowicz, since we've scored 40 points in three straight games. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're and, getting this done on offense, on the back only, of no Sean Moreno. You know, Derek, and not only that, but two of those three games, one was against Florida, and one was against Auburn. You know, it's not like we were playing, you know, a couple directional schools mm-hmm, you I know, know. that we threw in there. I, I mean, know. you know, that's 40 on the big boys. I tell you what, that's 40 on the big boys, the teams that we have to beat every year. And, I, I, oh, gosh, dog fans, this is such a big deal. Beating Auburn this way. I mean, when you talk about turning the tide, regaining your swagger, putting the fear of God into these big SEC opponents, I'm telling you something, dog fans. We have got Florida and Auburn's attention. We have got Alabama's attention. The only team that we failed, I mean, we failed against South Carolina and Tennessee this year, but I'm telling you, Teams like Auburn and Florida, we are on their radar screen now, buddy. They are, you know, we used to say that we don't have a deep threat. We don't have a receiver that'll scare them. We don't have a running back that'll scare them. We didn't have anything that scared anybody. But I'm telling you, we are scaring people now. I mean, because of the way we're playing, the fire and the passion, old dog, we are just bringing it, man. Yeah, and it, it is so good to see. You know, the kids running out, and again, the the fans are feeding off the players, and the players are feeding off the fans. Uh, You know, I can't imagine what it must have been like for those kids to run out and just see a sea of black. I'm telling you. You know, after they had asked, you know, for that to happen. Not just that. Everybody's feeding off it. Vern Lundquist is feeding off of it. I mean, I heard he and the uh, uh, Gary Danielson, they're up there dancing. They're doing a soldier boy up in the broadcast booth, man. Yeah, and I think and I think Noshan <laughs> may have picked up a new nickname, too. Oh, yeah? Noshan, shoulder boy, soldier. Soldier Boy Moreno. I'm telling you what, man, he play, he runs like a soldier. There's no doubt about it. You know, but, and and that whole thing is just infectious too. I mean, you know, they had they what three quarters of the team sitting there dancing. I know. How can you not be excited about that? Like now, now, like we said, I don't agree with dancing when we're losing. No dancing when you're losing, baby. But when you're winning, dance away. You know what I mean? Dance away and have fun. You but, know, and uh, what what I'm thinking too. You know, let's make that a new tradition. You know, when the when the third quarter ends, instead of sitting there and and just holding up four fingers and not making a whole lot of noise or anything, <laughs> you know, that everybody else, you know, I mean, everybody and their brother now holds up four fingers. Yes. You know, man, let, let's crank up the tunes and get the team dancing. 
Hey, let's do, everybody do the Superman because I got to tell you, old dog, the Superman is way cooler than the Hokey Pokey. I, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, I would rather be uh, grooving to some Soldier Boy than uh, the marching band playing Hokey Pokey like uh, like those Hokies that we played in the in the Peach Bowl last year. You but, and me both. I tell you though, here's the one other point I want to make about this game, guys. Not only though are we just, you know, we're doing it. We're doing it right. We're doing it in a, what I consider. I, I know, old dog, you think I've got these rose-colored glasses and I got a man crush on Mark Rick and whatever. You can say whatever you want, man, because I'm telling you, as much as I love to see the swagger and the passion and the celebration penalties and, you know, even a couple of unsportsmanlikes in there, if that's what it takes to get this team fired up and these refs want to be scared of us, that's fine. If we got to wear black jerseys and dance on the side, lines that's fine but i'm telling you how proud at least i can't tell you how proud i am to see the coach's wife mark rick's wife the one woman probably in the stadium that could sit anywhere she wants she would be welcome in any skybox i bet you she'd be welcome at the jones petroleum skybox Catherine rick could sit anywhere she wants in the state of Georgia, for that matter, and frankly, seeing her on the sidelines picking up trash and filling water bottles and doing, like, regular team management grunt work, like the kind of work, the the humble, I'm telling you, the humility of the Rick family and the way Mark Rick holds himself and runs this team, even when he's excited, you still got that core humility and being a good guy there. He just continues to solidify himself as my coach and my kind of coach, you know, because he's not the evil genius. He's not the kind of guy that says, well, if I saw a team doing a celebration penalty, I would send my team out there to start a fight like Steve Spurrier. You know, did you see that, by the way, old dog, where Steve Spurrier said he would have sent his team on the field to start a fight? to get Actually, some... actually, I think he said he would have sent his third string out there. Right. He sent his third string out to fight the other team's first string to get the other team ejected because that would be like the cool, classy move, you know? I mean, I'm just so – what I'm trying to say, dog fans, is I'm so happy – that we've still got Mark Rick as our coach. And even though he's crazy and he's pulling the black jerseys and all that kind of stuff, his wife is picking up trash on the sidelines during the game. You just I'm telling you, you cannot bottle that kind of attitude and that kind of humility and what that means for those players, the kind of example that our coaching staff and coaches' families set. Stacy Searles, I know Stacy Searles. I know Stacy Searles' wife. I know his family and his background, and I'm telling you, We've got a great coaching staff that even when they're crazy, they're still really great, really humble, and doing the right thing and setting a good example for our players. And I'm, I think that's fantastic. I think oh, it's fantastic. I, I, I love when they put the camera on Coach Rick's wife, you know? Yeah, and just on a side note, since you mentioned Spurrier, boy, it sure did me good to see somebody hang over 50 on him. Yeah, I wonder if he thought that was neat. You know, he said when he put 56 on, uh, you know, remember, I know you remember, old dog, the year the Braves won the World Series, young 56 yeah. on us in Sanford Stadium. He said he thought it would be neat to score that last touchdown and trip the scoreboard from 49 to 50. Yeah. I wonder how neat he thinks that crap is now. I bet he don't think it's very neat now, does he? I, I hope he thinks it's real neat. Yeah, they say nothing neat about that, Stevie boy. So uh, welcome to the SEC, you know. Um, 
Golly, I hate Steve Sprayer. Let me just say that again for the one and, million. And time. you know, I'm just I'm just going to add to you to your man love here on Coach Rick too. Although he, you know, gave up the the play calling and everything, he did. He was responsible for uh, telling Stafford to go long on right. those uh, on those passes to no to hmm. uh, Mo Mass and uh, to Sean Bailey. I tell you what. And, you know, the fact that the boys are catching the balls, even the overthrown balls. I mean, Stafford had some good balls in this game. He delivered right on the button to Momass. But Sean Bailey's catching balls that normally would have been overthrown and he wouldn't have caught. We're oh, catching, yeah. We're catching everything. Well, I mean, we've just, we've had a tremendous turnaround, you know, with the receiving core. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, we were down on them. And, and, again, you know, when they screw up, you know, we're by fans, for fans. When they screw up, we're going to jump on them. And when they do a great job, we're going to tell them how good they are. You're not kidding. And, man, they have. They have really, really turned a corner in these last few games. They are catching the catching balls that they normally have not been. And you see you see the results. Well, I tell you what, and I did the – it's just fantastic. Our receiving core, I believe we can make the catch now. I expect to make the catch, which is something we just haven't thought before. And That's right. The last thing I'm going to say about the game, dog fans, I know a lot of you listening weren't there and didn't see it. Let me tell you the one thing that you didn't miss by being at, by not being at the game. Because I bet every one of you that watched the game at home were able to go to your bathroom and uh, during the game, you know, and uh, flush the toilet. They had all these notices and and things where we were not supposed to flush the toilets in Sanford Stadium, guys. Let me tell you how bad things are down in Georgia with the water situation right now. They're telling us to cut back on washing of hands and flushing of toilets in the stadium right now because we're so low on water in the state of Georgia. Sunny, Sunny Purdue is convening like prayer meetings in Piedmont Park in Atlanta right now to pray for rain. Guys, we need rain down here in Georgia. If you're out in uh, Seattle or Boise and you guys are flooded out there, you need bring to bring some water some, with you. Bring some water with you, baby. Because matter of fact, if you're dying. traveling, if you're traveling to Georgia, you need to bring your own water. Yeah, really. Bring bottled water. We've got none for you. <laughs> We got none down here. I'm telling you, dog fans, they're telling us to stop flushing toilets. It's crazy in Athens right now. So, uh, anyway, old dog, that's it, man. That's all I got to say. I love the blackout. It was crazy. The fans, the players, motors are hot. It was a fantastic game, and we smacked down the Tigers, and I can't wait to get into the Wildcats this coming weekend. We did. Well, I got one more thing to say. And, Bring it. You know, again, as I've often said, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I tell you what. Coach Martinez had a great game plan. Uh, you know, we, we put it on him, and I jump on Willie all the time when he screws up, and I'm sure I'll be doing it again. But, uh, you know, these are two tremendous defensive efforts that he's gotten in the Florida and Auburn game that he's gotten out of our guys. And mm-hmm. I just hope he continues that for the rest of the year. I agree. I agree. I tell you what, when he, it seems like, I don't know, something's turning in Willie Martinez's head. Um, you know, we had 417 total yards against the number one scoring defense, one of the stingiest defenses in the country. We put 417 yards on them. Um, Thomas Brown, 80-yard run. I mean, it wasn't an 80-yard run, but it was, uh, I don't know how long that long run he had was that he didn't quite make the touchdown, but, man, that was just oh, fantastic offense, fantastic defense when we needed it, and uh, it's just a great game, dog fans. 
No but doubt about it. We'll be back with a pregame show uh, this week, dog fans. I'm gonna we're gonna try to get the pregame show up a little bit earlier this week so y'all can enjoy it. I know we've got some fans coming in from out of town. It's the last home game of the year, 12:30 kickoff, Kentucky. Georgia, our last SEC game of the year. You guys can call us at 706-534-1516 or email us at dogcast at gmail.com. Old dogs, I mean, old dog, the blackout was fun, man. Yes, it was. It was was great to see what a response. I tell you what, that's going to wrap it up for this show, dog fans. We appreciate you listening, and give them hell, dogs. Dogcast is gone. Shots from Athens. Voice is gone. I'm tired. Still wearing my black. It's a crazy game. Love it. Uh, can't really say much more of a complete uh, performance that they gave tonight. Uh, running game was I thought was very solid. The receivers are out there attacking the ball, really getting after it. You know, beating DBs. And I felt bad for that one DB. We beat him up all night long with uh, Bailey on the outside. So I love that. But it was refreshing to see them not drop. I don't even know if they dropped a single ball all night. I know Stafford gave a few passes that weren't you know exactly great, but Overall, I thought he delivered the ball real well. I know he's been kind of so-so as of late, but loved it. Defense, I mean, I, I would have loved to see him on blitzing. That's just me, but uh, I thought they, they did a pretty good job getting in there. I know that with a young O-line like we have, they really they finished it pretty well, and I thought I liked it a lot. Um, I know the personal fouls were killer. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not one to blame the referees and that, but, I mean, that, that really was, I thought, was out of control. There was a lot of penalties, so I think getting back to fundamentals would be good for uh, Kentucky. And, uh, you know, love the blackout. I know there's a lot of people out there who didn't want it, you know, tradition and whatnot, but I love getting the players excited, love getting us excited. I've, I've never heard Stanford that loud for my life. I thought it was uh, fantastic, and I'm really glad we won because if we had lost, I think a lot of naysayers would have been blaming the blackout, which would have been ridiculous. So love it. Love the whole performance. Can't wait for Kentucky. Just got to hope either Tennessee loses or we can get a good BCS Bowl if they don't. So, anyway, go dogs. See ya. Hey, Derek, old dog, this is Ryan and Wanda. I lost my voice at the game. I just left it all there. You know, just couldn't help it. Just see them dogs hunker down one time, had some junkyard plays going on. Man, I tell you what, Mark Rick got his boys fired up with them black jerseys. I'm fired up, so I want to go out there and hit somebody. I tell you what, Brandon Cox, we own him. And you know what, go dogs. Everything went well. Not our offensive line blocked good. No Sean Moreno, another 100-yard game. Anyway, go dogs! And, hey, I'll see you at the Kentucky game. Go dogs! Hey, Derek and Old Dog, this is Dustin in Charleston again. i got a couple things I want to talk about. First thing is uh, we've seen some pretty bad officiating in the last couple games with Florida and Troy, but uh, I think this Auburn game tops them all. And I hate to uh, see that this is a continuing trend with SEC officials. I mean, just imagine if uh, uh, Tennessee loses out to Vanderbilt or Kentucky and then we end up in the SEC championship with this officiating crew, which apparently hates the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, this is starting to get ridiculous. Uh, Also, another thing is, uh, I don't know, you guys probably don't get this as much as I do, and this is off the Georgia Bulldog topic, but being in the Navy, 50% of the Navy seems like they're from the state of Ohio, and it was just good to see the Ohio State, mighty Ohio State Buckeyes go down today to the Fighting Illini. I mean, that was great. Um, yeah, I mean, you, I hear so much about how great Big Ten football is and how overrated the SEC is, and it's just great to see this great SEC game today and a crappy, crappy Ohio State team going down to the Ron fighting Zook, you know, 
That's great. Um, also, thing I want to leave you guys with is uh, imagine, just imagine, if the Georgia Bulldog team had showed up in Jacksonville and showed up tonight for the Auburn game, would have showed up at Knoxville. Man, we'd be talking a whole different story at this point. But uh, that's all I got for you guys tonight. Go Dogs! Big win over Auburn. Let's beat Kentucky. Let's like let's not let's go easy on them. Let Kentucky beat Tennessee. All right, thanks, guys. This is Dogcast technical support, Washington D.C. Now being able to watch after my stupid cable company lost signal for most of the second and third quarter. Just got on in time to see the interception and the No Sean Moreno show. Yes, it looks like the No Sean Moreno show. I want some No Sean Moreno Kool-Aid. I want some No Sean Moreno Kool-Aid. This guy is phenomenal. We need more No Sean Moreno. It's almost, it's almost, not quite, almost like going back to the Herschel Walker days. Herschel left, Herschel right, Herschel up the middle. Now it's No Sean. I want No Sean Moreno Kool-Aid. Do I sound excited? Yes, I sound excited because the end of the third quarter, No Sean Moreno scores. Yes, I'm in a very good mood. Time for some No Sean Moreno Kool-Aid. Hey, where's my scotch? Bye.